Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome back to another episode of Blitzcast. This is your host, Brendan Bolin, and today I am joined alongside my man, the myth, the legend, Ed Hunt. How you doing today, my man? I'm good. I'm back and I'm ready, man. I'm ready to talk some football. Good, man. You better be ready because I've been ready for weeks. I am so excited to have you back on the show, Ed. It has been way too long, my friend. We've we've had some great shows in the past, but now we're looking at the future, my man, and I am super, super excited for what we have in store. And you know, that's not the only... I'm excited because you're back, Ed, but we both know that's not the full reason why I'm so excited football's back baby we got football again so this this past week uh i've had the opportunity to finally be able to watch some preseason football you know uh for for the casual fan you know y'all just say oh it's just preseason what does that mean no for us we spend a lot of lot and a lot of time and effort into breaking these players down and this is our first opportunity to finally see them in action and see how close we are to hitting the mark and ed there was a few players that really stood out to me week one, and first first guy I needed to talk about was, uh, it just it makes me sick talking about it. Is George Pickens? Yeah. He's that dude. Yeah, <laughs> he is that dude. I mean, I remember talking about him and telling telling you that, you know, let's let's put all the the quote unquote character issues to the side and stuff. I understand that there are concerns with the type of guy he is and stuff, but. And, and the injuries at Georgia, you didn't fully know what to get. But I just knew, if the Steelers were all in on this guy, he's going to be legit. He's going to be him. And guess what he is? He had a fantastic catch down the sideline for a touchdown, where he just, you know, he has that breakaway speed, and that was kind of an aspect nobody talked about, but he still had it. George Pickens is that dude. Another person I had to give their credit to is Evan logo mcpherson the the kicker for the Bengals. he may only be in his second year and i don't like to give players this much credit this early into their career but he is going to be elite and he's going to be elite for a long time two field goals from the logo in week one preseason just for laughs pretty much i mean come on now the dude doesn't miss and the going back to the confidence he had last year and going right back into year two and seeing that same level of confidence that is an elite kicker it is a mindset and that guy has the mindset you need one thing that i also wanted to point out ed i don't know if you have heard this the ravens are now 21 and 0 in their last 21 preseason games uh <laughs> good thing they don't count right <laughs> yeah right even, right even i mean we can, even you and i will agree on that we don't agree much on who who our allegiances are to, but we'll agree on that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm glad that that's we're talking about preseason, not postseason. Because if it was postseason, both you and I would be a very very upset people. Yes, but, yeah. But you know, Tyler Huntley once again proving why he's one of the best backups in football, going 16 of 18. And the last guy that we have to point out, we talked a lot about him this offseason, Ed. It was Malik Willis and. There was things about his debut that really impressed me and a few things that made me, you know, kind of palm my face. The first palming of my face was the first play of the game with him when he almost threw a pick six. I was like, well, you hope to God that this is not how it plays out the rest of the game for him. And it wasn't, you know, that that first play was absolutely the worst play of his game. And it's the first play of his NFL career. I expect there to be some jitters and stuff like that. So to go out there, uh, he completed about 60% of his passes. And I would say the biggest issue with him was exactly what it was coming out of uh, Liberty was, is he going to be able to make the mental jump to the NFL game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about his, you know, athletic ability. It was on full display, Ed. There was there was a sidearm throw where he's rolling out to the left, receivers cutting back right, and he just bends his body and throws a sidearm like a baseball player. I mean, Mahomes-esque type throw. I'm not going to give him that credit, but that individual throw was very eye-opening. Had another 48-yard strike down the sideline. Can't remember quite who it was to, but a clean play-action pass, and then he ran was able to run in for a touchdown. So, 
My take on Malik Willis is you saw the full display of athletic ability, and you know that he has the athletic ability to succeed. He just has to make that mental jump, Ed. And those were kind of my biggest takeaways from the week one. We still got one more game today, and that is the uh, the Raiders versus the Vikings. So a few names to... Um, to look out for that is, you know, Brian Asamoah, some guy, uh, linebacker we were really, really tuning into this offseason. That's probably the biggest name to look out for. But enough of my rambling about week one preseason football. You know, if I get an opportunity to talk about the games I watched, I'll go for hours, Ed. So I'll, I'll cut myself a little and, short. And, that, and, and that's what I like about you, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, if I could I'll keep going on some football. That's not so good thing I'm in the right field for that. But <laughs> We got some controversy in Cleveland, and believe it or not, it's not with the quarterback position. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) a little mind-blowing, right? But, Ed, you and I are both aware that Kareem Hunt has requested a trade from the Cleveland Browns about a week ago. Now, the Browns have already said that they are not planning on going through with his request this season, but does that mean that is there an offer that is just maybe too good for the Browns to to turn down, or maybe next year you let him walk, trade him away? Is Kareem Hunt valuable enough to the Cleveland Browns to keep him on his on the roster, or are there too many holes elsewhere that you need to trade Kareem Hunt and you can afford to lose him because you have so much depth in the backfield? I think there's a lot of different ways to look at this, and there's not a single right opinion. I mean. The Browns are a unique team with everything going on, and to have that one-two punch with Chubb and Hunt has been one of the biggest pluses in Cleveland the last three years. So, should the Browns make the move and, you know, trade Kareem Hunt away? I I think it's just a a matter of the fact that they want to give other guys the ball. Like, they can't, they got these cheap rookies, you know, rookie deals guys they can give the ball to behind Nick Chubb they're just loaded at the position and it's just why not why not get a piece at another position you're weaker at and you know dump some salary you know what I'm saying like you're gonna have to pay Kareem Hunt some guaranteed money but the rest the rest I mean why not why not unload his salary why don't you why don't you improve at another position uh you know you could you could get depth at a lot of different areas they have problems at other areas um, not the secondary, but you know, you know, I mean, there, there, there are just a number of ways that this team can go um, on the trading block to add, add that kind of extra piece to, you know, just kind of, kind of stabilize the roster. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all, Ed. I think, like, that's what I'm saying is there's so many different ways to look at it because you're 110 percent right. I mean, next year. Kareem Hunt has to get, if you want to keep him, you're going to have to pay him and lose elsewhere. Or are you going to build elsewhere and lose him? Because there are a lot of concerns with that linebacker position. You know, you have Jeremiah Usukormo, the young, fast, uh, you know, coming out of a rocket type of linebacker. But other than that, you know, you just kind of have the veteran presence of Anthony Walker. He's not necessarily been the player you wanted him to be. Sion Takitaki has, you know, been solid, but I see where you're coming from. You can, Kareem Hunt, you know, especially going into next season, he'll be a 28-year-old running back. We know that the value of running backs greatly falls off around that age. Once you get into the 30s, you basically have no value at that point at the running back position. So might as well get some kind of value for him while you can. So to your point, I'm going to try to play a little bit of devil's advocate because I don't disagree with you, but I want to I wanna give other people a different perspective. So, yes, you have so much talent in the backfield, not named Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mean, you have Dearness Johnson, Demetric Felton, Jerome Ford, Josh Kelly. I mean, that's that's an impressive backfield, man. Like, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are already, obviously, the best one-two punch in the league, but the Browns are have the best third-string running back in the league. And so, I... Yes, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb are the perfect definition of that thunder and lightning kind of running back combination, but I think if you take away that lightning aspect of the Kareem Hunt, you don't have that in Dearness Johnson, you don't have that in Demetric Felton, you don't have that in Jerome Ford. I don't think any of the running backs not disagree. Named disagree, Hunt, but go on. Go on. I respect you enough to let you f- finish, but go on. <laughs> so... 
Not saying that none of those guys are absolute beasts of a football player, but when you're talking about the skill set and how it matches with Kareem, or excuse me, and how it matches with Nick Chubb, there's not a better running back in the world to pair with Nick Chubb. I mean, we I, I, you saw a little bit of it last pre uh, the preseason game against the Jags just recently. Dearness Johnson, his skill set, his his greatest skill set is his vision. He's not fast. He's not necessarily strong. He's, he's, you know, he's not even necessarily a great runner. His vision is impeccable. Nick Chubb's vision is impeccable as well. I mean, that, that aspect is very similar. Dearness er, Johnson's not much of a receiving back. You, you're not asking him to catch the ball out of the backfield much. Now, you have Demetric Felton for that, but Demetric Felton isn't a great runner. So all of these guys, you can take like a trade or two and put those together, and you've then built a Kareem Hunt, in a sense. You know, they all have an aspect of their game that Kareem Hunt has, while Kareem Hunt has a healthy combination of every single last one. You know, Kareem Hunt runs like like he has no regard for his well-being. He's a great red zone threat, whereas Nick Chubb, as much as I love him, you guys know how I love Nick Chubb, he's not good in the red zone. You know, he's a guy that has open space, and he's going to break it for 60 yards, but when it comes to that goal line, you need a guy that threatens you as a receiving back and a running back, and Kareem Hunt just does just that. So if you're to trade Kareem Hunt away, the Nick Chubb's role really changes in this offense, and I think he comes more into a third, a three-down back kind of guy, which, you know, he's if he's on any other disagree, team in the league... Disagree, but go on. If, if he's on any other team in the league, that's that's the role he's getting, is the three-down back. Now, I know that's not what Foley the Browns would use, you know, because we have DeAndre Johnson, we have Jerome Ford. We're going to use the heck out of them, regardless of Kareem Hunt being here or not. My biggest concern is just, I don't think any of these guys' skill sets properly match what Nick Chubb has. And I've said it in podcasts in the past that the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are those keys, the offensive keys to the Super Bowl. Yes, obviously getting that quarterback under center is huge, but the two biggest pieces of your offense and what makes your offense excuse me, what makes your offensive identity is having the best running back in the best pure runner in football and the best backup running back in football. And I think losing that is going to greatly change uh, how your running offense operates. But uh, like I said, you know, no disrespect to any of the guys not named Kareem Hunt. I just don't think that they have that versatility aspect and complement Nick Chubb's game as well as Kareem Hunt would. Okay, if I'm the Browns OC, straight up, I want to get the ball in Demetric Felton's hands. Like, I really, I really want to, I really want to see what he can do in the passing game. I want to dump it off to him. I want to run it to him. I want to pitch it to him. I want to see what he can do. This is the guy that I want to see from the Browns. And I, I really I really saw some things in the Senior Bowl, at the Senior Bowl, and I really want to see them translate to the NFL. I want him to get his chance in an NFL offense. He's ready. Time to go. This is why you get rid of Kareem Hunt. But no, I'm super glad you mentioned Demetric Felton because as, as a receiving back, he's definitely the closest person to that Kareem Hunt type of skill set. Because, I mean, you look at the, that highlight he had against the Texans last year. It was absurd, you know? They threw him a little screen pass, and he spins out three Texans defenders and runs 40 yards for the score. So, I agree that Demetric Felton, if that's the guy that does get that opportunity... If that's I the think, guy, that, I'm telling you, that's the guy. That's the guy who you drafted, you got late in the round, and he ends up being like a, why did we miss on this guy, uh, opposing teams say. That's what I think. You know, I and I don't disagree with you. My only concern is I wonder if Cleveland views him or sees his ability to run between the tackles a little better than what we saw from him at UCLA because there's no no doubt about Demetric Felton's, you know, football ability. Like like I said, that Texans play was a just a sneak peek of the type of guy Felton is. So I'm hoping that he can, you know, just maybe get a little stronger, put some more meat on those legs and be a guy that you can use as as a receiving back, but also that running back that Kareem Hunt still was. So I agree with you in that sense, Ed. Absolutely. 
I mean, I mean, I, I, when you say r- run between the tackles inside running, that's like what you mix in, right? Like that's, but that's misdirection with him, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Usually when we say misdirection, when we're talking about misdirection with Nick Chubb. We're talking about running to the outside, right? When you're talking about mm-hmm. what Demetric Felton misdirection, you're talking about just surprising them with an inside run, right? That's that's the mm-hmm. difference. That's the difference. You have a dynamic running game. I, as a Steeler fan, I don't know how to stop it. Next topic. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, there we go, my friend. I, 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 however it pans out, I'll probably be upset regardless because you know, the Browns is the Browns, and <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I've, I've been around this game my whole life in, in some way, shape, or form as far as watching this game, and I just. I, 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 it's hard not to see the Browns in a few years. I just, I just think give the Browns a few years. It's going to all click. I'm just telling you, just believe land. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> like, like, really, you know what to say to like, keep like, me like, happy, I'm, Ed, huh? <laughs> I, I'm preaching to the choir as saying, keep believing. But like, also, I mean, it, it is, it, I mean, it is the most loyal fan base in sports. And even, even if this isn't going on this way, this team, they're still going to follow this team, but I'm telling you they're, they're going to have they're in a few years. It's going to be, you're going to be happy with what you see. All righty, folks, you heard it here. NFL draft blitz from Ed, the Browns in a few years. We'll be back. I've been saying it for a while, but just give us a little bit more time and we'll have it all together. But all righty, my friend, I think that's enough of me uh, spewing about my Browns. I got some safeties for this 2023 class that I am super excited to get into, Ed. This last week or two, I've been I've been taking some time to go through my top, just, just like how we've done with all of the last scouting reports. We find that consensus top five, and we break them down. And then after we I, I do all my film on them, I don't give a concrete rating on who I think is quote-unquote the best to the worst, because let me tell you, all these boys are dogs, Ed. They're all dogs. But... I will tell you in them in the order of who kind of impressed me the most, I guess. Not necessarily the best, but for what maybe I look for in a safety and the skill sets that I love to see. Um, I'll, I'll give it to you in that order. So, Ed, are you ready to rock and roll on this uh, safety breakdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear who's out there. I mean, it's it's always an important position. I And I, and I just want to say, like, with the safety position, it's, so, it's always the hardest position. I mean, you ask a mm. safety to do everything right like you you know what does a safety do dad everything (laughs) (laughs) they say what does a safety do yes (laughs) yes yeah i I think that's a good way to put it i mean cover you know play zone uh different types here you know suited to different things i mean you you talk about you come into the box you know so you do you do it all right like you're a safety you do it all and really really how you know where to be at the right time is just god-given instincts Nope, absolutely, absolutely. The best of the best safeties, the, what makes them the best isn't coachable. It's just knowing what to do and when to do it. And the great thing about all these safeties, Ed, is they were all so different. Like, that's that's one, like we've said, they have so many different responsibilities, and then some guys find out how well they are in some of these responsibilities, and they flourish there, and that becomes a heavy responsibility of theirs, and they kind of transition to this more specific or role-specific safety, and all five of these guys that I have right now are very different in a sense, and number one, I'm the number one player I'm really excited to talk about. We'll get to there, but golly, one of the most versatile players. Oh, man, players. you're teasing me, dude. I, I am, so we'll, we'll get started so we can get there eventually, Ed. I'm going to start it off. Let's go with the Notre Dame safety, Brandon Joseph. Now, okay. Brandon Joseph hasn't had an opportunity to play with Notre Dame yet because he transferred to Notre Dame after the 2021 season while playing with Northwestern. And boy, let me tell you, transferring to Notre Dame was the best thing this guy could have done because uh, you imagine a prototypical Notre Dame safety? This is Brandon Joseph, Ed. Let me give you the rundown, my man. Six foot one, 196 pounds. He was a consensus three-star recruit from Rivals 247 and ESPN. Now, in the state of Texas, wasn't necessarily, you know, that that top dog. He was the 120th to, you know, the 140th ranked player in the state of Texas. I mean, I know Texas has got some dogs, but to to finally, you know, become a top five safety after not even being a top 50 player in your state, 
just shows how hard of a worker this man is. He's played in in every game in 2021, nine games. 2020 played in nine games, and in 2019 played in four games. But boy, this dude has one of the most fluid lower bodies I have seen for a safety, and that's why Notre Dame is going to be so excited to have him. He has such a great ability to just, like, he'll be backpedaling, and then he'll see something happen and have to transition his hips, and it's like the dude has been running that way the entire time. It doesn't affect him in the slightest. He's super light on his feet, and he's a smart player. You could tell that he's watching film, and you can tell that he understands the offenses he's playing because he's asked to blitz a handful. I think he was asked to blitz probably more than any of these other safeties I was watching. So, And he, he executed. Every single time I saw this guy on a blitz, he was timing it perfectly. And I'm not exaggerating when I say every single time. Now, I, I didn't watch every game of this guy's career, so I'm assuming don't rip me if there's a timer to where you're like, oh, he had a blitz against Alabama that he just didn't. No, this guy, you just go take the time to watch four games of this guy and you will see what I'm talking about. He has great ball tracking ability. He just understands where to put his body at all times. He has hands like a receiver, Ed. He's always getting active. He understands how to position his body. And like I said, in my notes, I say his hands like a receiver. Honestly, I wish I added the note that he has, he has like a body like a receiver because one of the biggest attributes you need as a good receiver is body control. This guy looks like he's a receiver when he's going up for a pass break or for an interception. And one thing I really like to see is a communicator pre-snap. This guy is always talking to his teammates pre-snap. He's always pointing people in a direction. He was always talking about a responsibility. And this guy is consistently taking the correct angles. I loved all the positives I saw from Brandon Joseph. Now, with all those pros, there are some cons, just like every player in the world. He does not have great top-end speed. Now, when I saw him trying to yeah, you know, he he takes great angles, you know, but at the end of the day, if if you're trying to take a great angle on somebody who's just fast, a great angle's not going to do it. You have to be fast. And being a safety, if you're not fast, you have to have nice long strides. And those are two things that he doesn't necessarily have. He's real quick in short areas, but he's just not fast. So I really am concerned if that's going to prevent teams from, you know, feeling like they can keep him in a single high on the next level. But uh, I, and I just I don't know if I would fully trust him as a run defender just because he is a little bit undersized and does not um, is not necessarily a guy that's gonna come down and lay the boom like in the short area down on the field I love him in coverage I love it I love it and the 2020 film I watched was significantly more impressive than 2021 so that's something to look out for I like to see the film get better each year you know not get worse each year so. Hopefully, transitioning to one of the best defensive uh, programs in the country, a team that cranks out safeties like it's a factory, I really expect his game to jump off. I really, really do. So my, my quick note for him, he's a prototypical Notre Dame safety, a smart football player with a fluid body. That's, that's a quick way to think about the type of player that Brandon Joseph is. I mean, and I'm not the only person that recognizes this greatness. You know, going into this next season, he's, two, he's uh, AP first team preseason All-American. He's a Walter Camp Award watch list. I mean, I, I could go all down these accolades, Ed. I have like an entire paragraph of every accolade this guy has um, mm-hmm. been able to get through college. And um, I am just really, really excited to see what this guy can do in a very, very good defensive system at Notre Dame. Awesome. Next guy. All righty. That brings us to the Arkansas product, Jalen Catalone, mm-hmm. redshirt junior, five foot ten, a buck ninety nine. This guy had a little bit more film from last year to watch because the jump he made from 2020 to 2021 was awesome. This is that thing that I mentioned. I like to see the film get better, not worse. Probably. I don't want to say the most disciplined eyes because we got some guys in, ahead of him that were just mind-blowingly smart but he has such good disciplined eyes i mean he's always looking for the run he he plays the run like crazy he's always wanting to make the tackle on the run but he never ever bites on a play action he's such an aggressive player but he never bites on the play action it's crazy to me so to me that tells him me either 
has really, really disciplined eyes and he just picks up on little things that are giveaways, or the dude watches a lot of film. Hmm. Like, it, no in-betweens. It's got to be one of those two because for a player that's trying to consistently make the play and not come up when you have that opportunity, quote-unquote opportunity to make the play, he just he knows when it's time and when it's not. He's a physical downhill tackler great burst of speed i mean when like when he sees it's time to make a play on the run then he is he is gone he's like shot out of a cannon and so the uh, and guys like that not not too often can they you know while they're running downfield trying to make that hit can they put their foot in the dirt and then change direction you know they don't make that right angle at, at on their first attempt not for jalen catalan the dude has such a powerful lower body that he is fast but he can also stop on a dime so he, he can change direction with ease, and he plays much bigger than his size, Ed. I mean, I said he's only 5'10". You wouldn't believe that if you, you just watched the film. You'd be like, this guy's he's playing his heart out, you know? This guy doesn't care that he's 5'10". He's not scared to come up and make a play in the box. That's what I keep reinforcing, that he loves to play against the run. And he's got great natural feel for zone coverage. He's just a natural athlete, natural football player. There was, you know, I, I mentioned, he's got that physical play style, always wanting to make a play. Now, he can do it, but a lot of times his physical play style results in few missed tackles. And it's not because he's just um, getting straight up juked out. It's because he will, like, quite literally overrun a guy because he's trying to take his head off. I'm like, Jalen, I appreciate the aggressive play style. I appreciate you trying to lay the boom, but... Right now, we just got to get the guy on the ground, you know? And sometimes, I think that over-aggressive, trigger-happy play style comes to bite him in the butt, but you can't be too upset about it because that's kind of how he's trademarked himself as a football player. So that's the type of stuff you just have to fix with time. You have to become a little bit more patient. And, you know, we, we know how these college players are, man. They're trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to make these plays. So I think once, you know, he realizes I'm starting to get recognized, I can calm down a little bit. I can have more patience in my game. And I really think Jalen Catalan can spring himself into the top three safeties of next season. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he may be a little bit undersized on the next level, but we've seen guys like, you know, like Buda Baker and stuff be absolute menaces at, at five foot nine in the NFL. I'm not concerned about his size, but as an NFL scout, you know, uh, size is definitely something that's always, always needs to be mentioned. And uh, like I said, he has those injury concerns and he's not necessarily great at getting off blocks. Like he'll fight through them, but he's not efficient enough to say like, oh, he's great at getting off blocks. It's, it's was a timer, more than a time or two where I saw him you know, fighting, he's always putting in 110% effort. He just doesn't understand how to get out of these blocks from, you know, bigger receivers, tight ends, um, even running backs sometimes. Once again, though, the accolades, Ed. I could go, if I had to list off all these accolades, this would be an hour and a half show. But uh, some, of the, some of the big ones, he was uh, preseason first team All-American, preseason first team All-SEC. And then one thing about him is that I really, I love to mention it whenever I see these guys. SEC academic honor roll. He's a smart guy and he cares about himself off the field and in the classroom. You love to see that from players. I it's it's truly one of the most underrated aspects and I don't know why more people don't give these players their credit when they're succeeding off the field. They deserve that credit, my man. But I agree I agree with that. I mean and just I mean just knowing just being around the game and just being around college players is it's difficult to play college football. I mean, I went to college and you know, to take a full credit load of classes, and I think they have to take 12 credit hours during the football season. I mean, imagine taking 12 credit hours in college and then having to play Notre Dame on Sunday or on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, and then these military schools, I mean, to have all the military activities that they have to do and then to play Notre Dame on Saturday or to play, you know, Georgia on Saturday or right. to play, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, imagine. or Navy on Saturday. I mean, this- just... You know, you got you got to give these guys some credit. You know what I mean? What they do academically with the short period of time they have to succeed in the classroom, it's really impressive. No, absolutely. I mean, just imagine sitting it's in math class and you're like, "Oh gosh, in about 12 hours I have to block Will Anderson." <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's unbelievable that these players can still manage to do that. But my my quick quick line for the type of player he is is can be a very high impact physical player if he finds the right role. I have my concerns about leaving him as a single high on the next level, though. But let's hop in to number three, and that's Mr. Antonio Johnson. Now, one, two, and three, Ed, 
I mean, I seriously, I, I had the hardest time in the world deciding on who I wanted to put with who. I think two and three are definitely most interchangeable, but I'm very happy with my final decision on the first player. But at number three, I think I'm going to go with Antonio Johnson, Jr. from Texas A&M. This guy, I don't want to go all the way and say he reminds me of Kyle Hamilton, but the build reminds me of Kyle Hamilton at 6'3", 195 pounds. When I was watching him, I think he looked a little bit heavier than 195. I would say he, he looks like he's, you know, probably like 205. Because, um, you know, Hamilton, he's that 6'4", 220 range. So I, I don't want to put Antonio Johnson quite there, but he's, you know, he's as close as you get as, as a physical build and profile. But once again, this this was the highest rated guy coming out of college, or excuse me, coming into college, coming out of high school. Uh, consensus four-star recruit and the number one player in Illinois by Rivals and 247. And ESPN had him as a top five player in Illinois. So very, very highly respected and regarded player coming out of high school. Now, my issue with him is there's not much uh, not much film on the guy. You know, he, he's relatively inexperienced. He has 19 career games. He started all games last year, which was 12. And then the season before that was in seven games. So that's my, that's, that's one concern off the bat, but you know, he's still got a whole nother year to go, um, to, to prove himself. But if I already got him at my top three in 19 career games, Ed, this guy's special. He can line up everywhere in the secondary. I've seen him line up as a single high safety. I've seen him line up down in the box. I've seen him line up as a cornerback. Ed, I've seen him line up at the edge as a rusher. Wow, like, wow. It, yeah. You know what I mean, like, wow. Like, no, no, no. We got to give these guys their wow. When they when they deserve, when they earn their wow, we got to give it to them. It, in, you know, at 6'3", almost 200 pounds, that's a guy you can afford to bring down that far, you know? That's a guy that athletically is gifted enough to make plays from every aspect of the field and that's why i'm so excited that like like we mentioned you know safeties have so many roles and when you find guys like this it's like the jackpot dude because you're like oh we're a little weak in the linebacking core all right come down and play in the box for us buddy oh our cornerbacks are looking a little weak go play corner for us and he's good and he's thrived everywhere he's been asked to play ed he's a great tackler with perfect form and i'm not i'm not stretching when i say perfect form you, you go look at a wiki how, how to tackle in football. The dude is like, like it's exactly that, man. I, I absolutely love what I saw from him. From like You could tell this guy respects his coaches. He listens to his coaches. All the technical things he has to a T. He has strong football instincts. You can, he just has a great feel for the game. He runs a, a strong and downhill brand of football. Very similar to that downhill brand that Jalen Catalan um you know, has, but Jalen Catalan even, I don't think runs through every tackle like this guy. I mean, Jalen Catalan more so was a guy that's just going to hit that boom on you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But Antonio Johnson, I mean, you listen to coaches, they'll say, run your feet, run your feet, run your feet. When you make contact, you see this guy, he is literally running full speed when he has a guy wrapped up and is running through them. He's not wrapping them up and bringing them down. He is wrapping up and running full speed through a human being and getting them on the floor. It is perfect, perfect form tackling, Ed. And he gets his hands on the ball every single time he can. Uh, and it's silly because I read a few things where people said, I kind of have some concerns with his ball, uh, his, his ability to play the ball. That was one thing that I actually loved. I loved it, you know? He's not a guy that is going to get a bunch of interceptions, I think. But every time he had an opportunity, like the the quarterback through to the receiver he was on he was getting very physical and up close and personal with the guy i mean he's probably you know asking asking to take him out to lunch later you know he's getting so close to him and then he's getting his hands on there even if it's not an incomplete pass you see the effort to get the ball out every single time he has an opportunity to and you know more often than like i would at least love like show me that you're trying to do it rather than you're not doing it, you know, because the fact that I can see you're trying to actively do this shows me that you are working on becoming a better player. And I love it. Another player that times blitz as well. And it's just one of those guys you can tell, listens to his coaches, watches film, understands the opponents he's playing, is not just out there playing football to play football. You know, he's playing a chess match out there. Now, the biggest issue, the single biggest issue, this guy struggles with small guys. 
struggles with small guys. I mean, if you're asking him to cover somebody that's not like a big Z receiver, even an X, you're asking him to cover like a guy in the slot, which I didn't see too often. He is not, like, he's just not. He's not very quick in a short space, you know? He's just a long and lanky kind of guy. So I'm not expecting him to cover these smaller, shiftier guys. And, you know, honestly, if if you are Texas A&M and you're putting him in a position where you're asking him to cover these guys, you're doing it to yourself because he's shown you he can do everything for you except for that. So keep this guy away from the smaller, shiftier guys, and I think you'll be good. And like I said, he's not a guy that's going to get a bunch of interceptions and stuff, so he, I, I wrote down that he lacks great playmaking execution, which I think is honestly a little bit unfair because, you know, coming up and laying the boom, making the tackle for third down, that's playmaking. I, I would say he's not maybe a great turnover machine is more so a better way to put it. And he's a little bit of a lanky mover at times. At 6'3", it's kind of hard to be a super fluid mover. I mean, that's that's why Kyle Hamilton was such a unicorn, because he was a fluid mover at 6'4". You just don't see that. So if that's something he can fix in the, in you know throughout this next year, Antonio Johnson's going to be springing into that, that number two spot, potentially maybe even the number one. I know a lot of people have Antonio Johnson as the number one safety going into next year, but um, just that lower body is just not, uh, it's not smooth enough for me, and it's a little bit too lanky to put him at two or three. So my general note for him was he is the most sure tackler of this 2023 safety class. I mean, there was not anybody that was just like, wow. Like, nobody's tackling ability really wowed me. Antonio Johnson wowed me. I mean, I would be impressed if there was a defensive back in college football that's a better tackler than Antonio Johnson. So, once again, also, another player that just the accolades go on. 2022 uh, Jim Thorpe Award watch list. Second team preseason All-American. Like, these guys are legit, Ed, and they're only getting better. They're only getting better. So, I'm going to hop into number two. And you, you, Ed, you know this. This couldn't be a draft show if we didn't have an Alabama player on it. I mean, come on now. Yeah, we always know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How sick are we of Alabama and Georgia <laughs> players? No, no, no. I mean, we love them. I mean, we love what they can do on the football field. But I mean, we want to see some guys from other schools, right? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, if if they're giving me these prospects that are giving me. Super fun film to watch. I think. I'll, yeah, I'll... yeah, yeah. We have to thank Kirby Smart. <laughs> we have to thank Nick Saban for that. We sure do. Yes, absolutely. And we got to thank them for Jordan Battle, man. I mean, first yeah. of all, super sick football name, Jordan Battle. I mean, come on now. That's that's one heck of a football name, especially a safety. Like I'm going to battle with Battle. Come on now, give it to me. I mean, we should we should put him at number two for the name alone, but we'll put him at number two for the film. How about six foot one? 206 pounds consensus four-star recruit and ed we know how big of a of a machine florida is at cranking out football players like florida is one of the best states in america when it comes to generating football players he was consensus top 10 player in florida from all these so we alabama knew they were getting a dog from the rip he started all 15 games last year, started all 13 games in 2020, and in 2019 was able to see snaps in 13 games while getting a start in four of them. But, oh my gosh, Jordan Battle is legit, Ed. Great short area quickness. He covers speed cuts so well. And a different speed, like, so people that don't really understand, like, route running, there's like, you know, your hard cuts where you're breaking down and trying to sell a guy the other direction. And that's kind of when, you know, like, like when you see them give the head fake to the right, but they're really cutting to the left. You know, that's, that's kind of more of that classic, uh, route running a speed route or a speed cut is when you are literally just turning that edge as fast as you can. And they're really, uh, becoming more popular in the NFL because it's a speed game nowadays. It, it, and it, football is becoming more so my guys are faster than your guys. And those speed cuts, you know, you may know that they're running that way, but you're not going to get there in time just because it's it's a lot more rounded. It's a lot flatter. It's, it's not that hard, concrete, you know, slice cut. You're not putting one foot into the ground to cut back the other way. You're literally curl, like just turning as fast as you possibly can. And I've never seen somebody cover a speed cut as well as Jordan Battle. I don't know if it's because he has that 
insane next level speed or he understands that these guys aren't breaking down so it's going to be a speed cut they're not going to try to cut me off guard or catch me off guard by having these breakdown cuts it, it was it was something really impressive to me and I, that was kind of a thing that I feel went unnoticed for a lot of people that went and were scouting Jordan Battle they didn't give him any credit on this and that's not an easy thing to do you guys it's not and so he's also really really efficient at breaking down for a tackle he doesn't have that you know run through you like every single tackle like Antonio Johnson does but he's not gonna he's never gonna get juked out he's he's going to make sure you do not get by him and even if it's just you know him wrapping up and waiting for for backup to come he's not letting people get past him so he is he's just this guy that has this mentality that you may get the ball you may move five yards but you are not getting past me end of story and I love that he fights through blocks consistently. And, you know, like I mentioned with Jalen Catalan, he's he's always trying to fight through blocks, but he can't. Jordan Battle can't. Jordan Battle... Dude, there was a play where I saw Jordan Battle on a blitz. Didn't time it perfectly, but he was caught an offensive lineman, right? Who should win that battle? The offensive lineman, 11 out of 10 times. Try again. Try again. Jordan Battle was able to get off of that block. Now, I don't think he made the tackle, but he was able to make himself a part of the play and force that play elsewhere so to see a safety win a win a a rep against an offensive lineman i mean come on dude it's just not fair jordan battles a different breed and he has very fluid hips in transition from that back pedal to a sprint so you know how safeties they all have that classic backs uh back pedal off the rip and stuff he is so unbelievably smooth at getting out of that back to back pedal and then turning his hips and getting to the ball that there is no speed sacrificed there is there's just it's just perfect it's textbook it's like you know if you're a coach trying to show a player on how important a back pedal is in that transition out of it you're going to show them jordan battle film and that's gr- that's another big thing in making sure that nobody gets behind him because you know it's it's hard to turn around and then run full speed at in in the flash of an eye you know it's it's just it's nearly impossible for most human beings but jordan battle he's like i'm not a, i'm not a normal human being so here we go he's a great support guy in run and pass coverage you know if, if he's not the guy he's always going to be there to support you he's always going to be that second guy there to help break up the pass to help bring down the tackler he is never ever 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 trying to just wait for the play to be over without him making his impact on the play i i just and that's like that's kind of just like a classic Alabama thing, you know. Like, you the play's not over till it's over, and you are part of every single last play. And that's kind of a consistent thing we see from these really, really successful defensive Bama guys. And he is he is no exception. I love it. I love it. Now they're uh, similar similar to like um, who was it? similar to Brandon Joseph. He doesn't have great top end speed, but he's he's not slow by any means. I he's significantly faster than Brandon Joseph, but the speed is not the thing that's going to jump off the film to you. Uh, He can lose separation when pass catchers play into his chest and then pull out. So, like, what I mean by that is, if say he's sitting 10 yards off and he's kind of waiting for that receiver to get there. If the receiver is able to close that gap between him, get into his chest, and then force him out, the receivers are really good at pulling away and get then gaining that separation. Where... Jordan Battle really succeeds when he actually gives up some uh, some separation between him and the receiver, and then has an opportunity to break on it. Uh, he 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 struggles once the receivers are able to get into his chest and then pull away. And that was the biggest thing that I saw from him. And then you know um, the eyes can be caught looking at the backfield or the quarterback for too long, and you know something may get past him. But if he knows it's there, it's not getting past him. So. I, I love Jordan Battle, one of the most physically imposing safeties of this class. That's quite a that's quite a statement. All right, let's go on to number one. Let's hear your number one. All right, this one I, I think it might throw a few people off, but Tyke Smith, mm-hmm. Tyke Smith, is a transfer from West Virginia. Okay, he transferred to Georgia. We only got to see him in one contest in Georgia, but holy crap, man! At five foot ten, 198 pounds, he he only got a four star recruit from rivals. Two four seven and ESPN had him as a three star recruit. But in high school, he played for the uh, USA Today All American team. He was a starter on that team, which is a very big game for for high school players. But Ed, he is 
so untraditional. Like, you know, we just talked about at the at the beginning of this breakdown how unique safeties can be, how they're asked to do so many different things. I have never in my entire life seen a safety asked to do so many responsibilities. And I, I actually, there was a point in time where I was watching him and I had to go do a little more research because I was like, is this guy a safety yet? Is this guy even a freaking safety? Because I've seen him lined up as cornerback, I've uh, like outside cornerback. I've seen him lined up as slot cornerback. I've seen him lined up as a cover two guy. One thing I didn't see him lined up as was a single high safety. That was like the one thing I didn't, I, I maybe saw it once. And I found, so what his position is called is called a star role. And you cannot, you, I am capitalizing, cannot run a star role. You can't even have a star role on your team if he's not the smartest football player on the field. And I don't mean the smartest player on the defense. If he's not the smartest football player on the field, out of the 22 football players on the field, Tyke Smith, I can promise you, will be the smartest. He is so unbelievably versatile. He's asked to cover tight ends in man coverage. He's asked to cover receivers in man coverage. He's asked to cover the running backs coming out of the backfield. At 5'10", I've never really seen such a physical player. He's a punisher. I've used the word aggressive tacklers. He's a punishing tackler, Ed. He makes you wish that you didn't have to play against him every single time he comes around and tackles you. He displays great technique when tackling. I mean, he's not a guy that's just trying to lay the shoulder down India and hope to get that big boom. He just, at 5'10", he is so compact and so powerful that he just throws all of his force at you with just such aggression. It's it's so fun to watch, but it's also so technical. It's a really unique thing to see because a lot of these guys that are such powerful hitters kind of sacrifice a lot of that a lot of that uh, technique and that's been a really nice thing to see these guys is the the more I feel like the more and more each year I do scouting, players just get better and better and they're still able to lay the boom while having such great technique. He attacks the ball on every pass breakup. I mean, seriously, this guy is not just trying to get the play over with. He's trying to get the ball for his team. He is always trying to just have the best possible outcome for every play. And obviously, everybody's trying to do that, but he makes it happen. He just, there's something so special about Tyke Smith that I couldn't couldn't fully put my finger on. And I mean, I'm telling everybody right now, please do yourself a favor and go watch Tyke Smith because... I, and I, I feel like a lot of you guys would almost discredit him because it's not necessarily stuff that's flying off of the pages where like, oh my gosh, like this guy's a human highlight reel, you know? It's just, you can ask this guy to do so many different things. And I know that like Brandon Joseph was getting asked to do so many different things, even Jalen Catalan, but to play that star role, I have never scouted a player that their true significant role and really only role is the star safety. And it's a, it's a position that I just kind of had to had to almost fully discover throughout this last week and do a lot more research on. It's it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable what he's asked to do and how he's able to do it. And that's why he was able to transfer to Georgia. I mean, Georgia has the last three years created the best defense. You know, honestly, probably ever in the history of college football. We've, Georgia has created that defense and to be able to transfer over to Georgia and they accept you in that time, you, you're doing something right. You're doing something right. And it's just to be the smartest football player on Georgia's defensive side of the football. I mean, do you guys understand how big of a, like, that's not, that's just not something that easily comes off of the tongue. You know, I like, I don't say that about any, that is one of the biggest compliments I feel like I could give a defensive player saying you are the smartest player on Georgia's defense. I mean, come on now. The big thing about him is you you didn't see him as a single high role. And maybe the, maybe the one time I did see him, it wasn't a, a play that stood out to me, so that's why I can't even remember a single time seeing him as that single high role. And, you know, he lacks great deep coverage roles, and that's why he's more so always coming up and playing against these tight ends, big receivers, and running backs. It's... It's just really, really unique. And he's not great in open space, which is incredibly rare. That's why I, I don't think he's ever in that single high role is because 
he's really great on focusing on his specific assignment. You know, like how a lot of times safeties are kind of more so just the overall field generals where he's getting asked to do these very specific roles that they maybe don't have a player on their team to account for for that game. Like it's like, I want to try to give you an example. I mean, so say, say they're going up against, um, you know, Notre Dame and you have to ask somebody to cover uh, Michael Mayer. He's going to be the guy to do that. And then next week, if they have a running back who is consistently catching the ball out of the backfield and they don't have a person that specifically is great at that, his, his, new role is going to transition into stopping that running back. He just he has can do so many different things. If him being not being a great single high safety is the only mark I can, you know, really knock on him, so be it, man. So be it. Nobody can be perfect. But for him to be as successful in that star role as he is is just, you know, I could go on and on and on and on about it, Ed, but and, then, and so, so, so in that Georgia defense, you play him at the strong safety position, right? In a sense, in a sense, yes. Because like, like you get, like you, you have a free safety, like a guy who, yes. you know, you play that like that cover one defense, and you have him be that roamer in the middle, right? That Ed Reed, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then so he he'll be that strong safety for you, but it just then that strong safety then turns into, okay, are you going to be the strong safety that comes down into the box and is almost like a hybrid linebacker? Or is it going to be the strong safety that drops down to the outside and is almost like a hybrid corner? Well, guess what? He's both of them. He's both of those, Ed. And that's why it's just so unbelievably impressive to me because I don't know if I've seen a player like that, you know? Because strong safeties are really just one way or the other, you know? He's not one way or the other. So I uh, I am super excited. I hope he can fully recover from that ACL tear he had in 2021. I am so unbelievably excited to see what this guy can do in the Georgia Bulldogs defense, Ed. All right, let's close out the show. All righty, my friend. Well, I appreciate you having or being back on the show, man. It, it's been a pleasure. I've been waiting. Uh, I think everybody tuning into this has been super excited to have you back on the show, Ed, and Seriously, man, I, I appreciate you as always, and I am super, super excited to have you back again, my friend. And I just, I just want to say, Brendan, I'm just, I'm so, it warms my heart what a journalist you're becoming. Like, it's just, I mean, I know, I know you have other talents in football, and like, you have other passions in football, but I mean, it's just really cool to see, you know, like, that kind of like, I mean, I met you when you were 19, you know what I mean? Like, you were a 19-year-old kid, starry-eyed, like, you know, smart, love football, passionate about the game, and to see that passion kind of turn into, a real product. I mean, it's just, it's real, it's real cool for me. Like that's one of the things that I love about football. Hey, I appreciate it. Ed. It, it, Hey, can't give me all the credit, man. Cause it wouldn't have happened without you. It, Ed, Ed is the man y'all go, go run my man up on Twitter. Ed, give these people your Twitter handle so they can go give you some love. Yeah. Follow, follow me on at NFL draft. Ed that, again, that's at NFL draft Ed and, uh, you know, follow Brendan on Twitter as well. Yeah, follow me at Bolin Brendan, and then follow our collective Twitter at NFL Draft Blitz. Um, you guys, I had I had one heck of a time breaking these safeties down. Ed, I believe next week um, I'll have some offensive tackle prospects to break down for us, and then that will round out the offensive line for us. I've did I've done the centers, I've done the offensive guards, and now we're ready to rock and roll on the tackles, my man. All right, man. Well, I'm excited. Alrighty, well, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Blitzcast, and we'll be back next week.